Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune, Jay Posner, sports editor for now of the Union Tribune. Jay stuck around for the playoffs, and who knew it was going to keep going like this? 87-win Phillies at the 89-win Padres, 6-seed Phillies at the 5th-seed Padres, NLCS Game 1 tonight as we tape this on a Tuesday. Jay? Kevin, what were the odds? What were the odds? October the 18th, we would still be doing the podcast. And I guess, you know, the, the Padres just, just don't want this podcast to end. I think that that's the, uh, that's well, the explanation this. for it. And it's not going to be your problem, Jay. Uh, you notice how I'm <laughs> the guy who's bringing up the, the fact that you're retiring so that you can't bum me out by, by that. But uh, if they go to the World Series, not even win it, if they go, I think I'm going to have to change the name of the podcast next year. Uh-oh. You know, because the origin of this was... Yep. Hot lava, the, the the Scott Boris hot lava talent. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about molten rock because that's what he said <laughs> that it would eventually become. Yeah. So, but anyway, here they are. First time in 24 just... years. I have uh, friends. See, I pick my friends by not being sports fans. So I have friends that are interested in the Padres for the first time in 24 years. <laughs> I, I, I knew there was a reason you didn't consider me a friend. That was the, there, there's the, uh, there's the tell. There's the tell right there. So maybe you could just call it the Kevin Acey show. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, I think that we, before we go to the NLCS, it was so monumental. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, one of my pet peeves is words that are thrown out like great and epic um, because it ruins to a certain extent times like this. But if you're a San Diegan, if you're a sports fan, that was monumental on Saturday night. The game four win. Heck, game three was pretty close to monumental, but game yeah. four, the seventh inning. Jay, uh, you've been a San Diegan as long as I have. You uh, have covered San Diego sports actually longer than I have. Talk to me. I, I, I don't even know where to start with the weekend. Uh, I mean, it was it was so loud, and I'm guessing that you know we're we're not we're sort of shielded just a little bit by being, you know, quote unquote, indoors of the press box. I mean, we do have, it's wide open and everything, but we don't have sound coming at us from every direction. Every right. Um, Bill Center, you know, he gets a little loud behind us sometimes, <laughs> but uh, not quite the same as, uh, not quite the same as the, as the crowd, but uh, I, I can only imagine how loud it was in the, in the crowd, in the stands themselves. I went down to talk to a friend before the game on Saturday during the rain delay. And it was it coincided with the time when Joe Musgrove was walking out to the bullpen to uh to begin just to begin his warm-ups and and the noise down there. I mean it was it was hard to have a conversation at that point. And and that was you know half an hour before before the game. The seventh inning, I, I mean I'll admit it, and this is how we have to operate in this business. I mean you you had you were into a story. Bryce was into a story about how the Padres were going to lose. Now, you also had stories going about how they were going to win because that's how we have to do it. I had a headline written for the Padres losing. Um, I, I had come up with the, the Dragon Slayers headline earlier uh, in the day. Thought that could be a possibility if they won, just based on Peter Seidler's quote, obviously. But I had another headline all already for when they lost. And the seventh inning was just so out of nowhere because they really hadn't done anything. But just the, uh, it was just like one after the other. And I went home and watched it, you know, at about 1 a.m. on Saturday, um, or I guess it was Sunday by then, just to to see it. And and 
it's funny, it's loud on TV. And I think you went back and watched the replay as well. But they have to cut the crowd noise mics at some point or at least reduce them quite a bit because otherwise you, you it would just blast out your speakers. So I, I don't know what it's going to be like the next couple of the, you know, tonight and tomorrow afternoon. It's hard to imagine it could get any more raucous than that just because it was the Dodgers. Not that it won't be really loud and everything, but they're, you know, somebody's going to have to come up with something other than beat LA. And I, I'm guessing probably as, as simple as let's go Padres or something. But but anyway, I'll, I'll also be interested to see what the, the crowd, the Padre fans showed up over the weekend. There was a lot of talk about, you know, the blue, how much blue there would be in the stands. And yes, they limited tickets uh, and it was harder for people in LA to get tickets, but it wasn't impossible. No. If you wanted a ticket to the game, you could get a ticket. I mean, that's what, that's what, secondary market sites are for there was not a lot of blue it was shocking. i'm gonna not just say that it surpassed the padres expectations it blew yeah. away the padres expectations right. of what they were going to be able to do to keep the blue out now the question is can they keep the red out this week because there are a lot of philly people here a lot of philly fans you know not even talking about people that's that are going to travel across the country but just Philly fans in Southern California. I mean, you know, you and I have been to Eagles games here and and seen that. And we've been to Phillies games at Petco Park where there's been a lot of red. So that's something else to keep keep an eye on. But but going back to, I, I do think we need to stay on last weekend for a minute. The seventh inning, out of nowhere, guys contributing that have contributed, didn't do a lot during the regular season, maybe. Uh, you know, Mr. October, Trent Grisham, Austin Nola was not an offensive force. The bottom of the order is really, you know, I don't want to say carried the offense, but has sparked the offense so far. And, you know, they got a big hit from Juan Soto. I thought that everything was falling apart when Machado couldn't make contact, had no expectations Brandon Drury would do anything. But, you know, Cronenworth saved saved everyone, and he saved us from extra innings, which <laughs> gives him a special place uh, in, UT, in the UT heart. Uh, yeah, especially since what we ended up holding deadline for an, uh, over an hour. Uh, uh, almost. How about two. over two and over two and a half hours? Wow, I, I lose track of when my uh, early deadlines are. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, was. I, I've noticed that. That was oh, that was <laughs> monumental. You say you don't want to say they've carried it. They've scored almost half of their runs. The, the yeah. bottom of the order has they uh, in terms of the average, the Padres, I think, are hitting something like 239. Uh, the bottom of the order is uh, 22 for 64. Uh, they're they're sparking things. They're driving in runs uh, the bottom of the order. And it's funny because uh, Jerickson Profar is hitting at the bottom of the order. Not so much when he's at the top. Also, <laughs> right. Kim is hitting when he's in the seventh <laughs> spot. Not so much when he's in the top because those two have flip flopped. Eight and nine has consistently been uh, Trent Grisham and Austin Nola. They're just they're just coming through and they're and they're they're locked in. I think you'll see Trent Grisham batting eighth tonight, and then we'll see what happens. If we can move forward to to tonight, uh, I think you'll see Josh Bell in there. Uh, it's a switch hitter. He uh, has good numbers against Wheeler, good numbers against the Phillies, um, right. and so that's really I think where your question lies. I think he's fourth, and then you know you got to break up. Uh, so it's Cronenworth six, Myers is fifth. They want Will Myers in there for his defense. Um, Will Myers needs to pick it up. I say that, but hey, he hasn't so far, and they're here. But um, yeah, Jay, well, th- th- that's the thing. The middle of the order has not huh. done, you know, other than Cronin. I mean, eighteen for eighty six. Right, and Cronenworth, of course, had the big, had the huge hit. Um, but in general, 
that group has not done anything. And there's sort of a, a, a black hole, if you will, between Bell and Drury and Myers. There's three guys there that have to fill two positions unless they want to go in a different direction uh, and use a guy like Alfaro, which it seems like right now they don't want to do. So you've got those three guys to fill two positions. Myers does seem to provide better defense at first base than the other guys. He's not hitting. He had a couple hard hit balls earlier in the postseason. Did not look good at all on Saturday. So I, I don't know what you do other than you kind of hope that it's, you know, we've seen Will Myers get hot at certain times. Yeah. Facing right-handed pitchers the next two days, I figured for sure Bell would be in there. He's familiar with those guys. I, I still can't believe how bad Josh Bell has been since he's gotten here. A guy who's had numbers like that, you just, in his past, and you look at what he looks like here, and it's like, I can't figure it out. I mean, it's and and I'm sure that you know greater minds than mine uh, down at Petco have tried for two months, two and a half months to figure it out and have been unable to unlock it. But you know, he did have the big hit in New York. But beyond that, it's it's rather remarkable. Maybe seeing the Phillies will uh, you know will get him will get him going. I'm not uh, it, I'm it, not sure, but they, it, it seems like they need some production out of those spots, even though they haven't gotten much and they're five and two in the postseason and, you know, have home field in the NLCS. Well, that's the thing. You know, I said need to, and it's like, well, this is the playoffs. And, you know, I thought Juan Soto and Manny Machado needed to have big uh, playoffs and they've had big moments. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, it's the... It's the postseason. Uh, the fact that these two teams are playing tells you all you need to know. But there have been moment after moment after moment, be it Trent Grisham, Austin Nola, Austin Nola defensively uh, throwing out Mookie Betts, uh, all sorts of things to let you know that this October is just different. And, right, you know, right. look, one of these teams scored the World Series. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, no matter what else you say, I mean, last year the 88-win Braves, uh, you know, went to the World Series and won it. This year, either an 87 or an 89-win team is going to go to the World Series. It doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with the playoff format. This, this is what the playoff format has been pretty much for baseball. Now, I know those teams got, got some time off, but look, it didn't seem to bother the Astros. Uh, the Dodgers and the Yankees both won the first games of their series where you would have said, oh, my gosh, they're so rusty. Uh, they won the first game of of the series. The Yankees might still win. Uh, they play after we t- after we take this so they could they could advance. It, it's you know, look like you pointed out in your newsletter today and, and not to pick on the Dodgers, but to pick on the Dodgers. How many times have they won the World Series when they've had all these great seasons? How many times did the Braves win the World Series? It doesn't mean those weren't great teams because they were. The Dodgers were a great team this year. They were a better team than the Padres over 162 games. That's not what the postseason is is about. Uh, whether that's good or bad, that's just the way it's always been. People here like it. You know, people here would go crazy if it was the, if we you know, follow the European soccer model where you play your 38 games in the Premier League and the best team wins the most and they're the champions. You don't have a, and it's like, wait, where's the playoffs? They don't have playoffs. That's it. They they raise the trophy and and they go into their three-week offseason before they start again. Uh, that's just how it works here. And, you know, in this particular case, it went the Padres' way. It went the Phillies' way. And as you said, one of those teams is going to be in the World Series starting a week from Friday uh, in an American League city. And maybe the hero is still to me. Maybe it is a Josh Bell. Like Josh Bell could end up having a great series here. And then you put together that. I mean, I think that home run off of Max Scherzer in the first inning was monumental for that game. Mm -hmm. And it was really big for what it showed the Padres they could do. Um, Max Scherzer being off or whatever, fine. Well, 
Josh Bell's the one who showed his teammates what you could do with that fastball. Um, yeah. And I just the, it, that's what has been so exciting to me is like, who's it going to be tonight? What's going to happen tonight? We've talked about this before. It's like covering uh, NFL football. Um, it's it, it, it really is, except for it actually is even more important. Uh, yeah. And so I. Well, and the Padre and, you know, we should talk. I, I guess we can sort of segue into talking about the, the series with the, the Phillies now. I mean, the, the Padres have beaten two teams that were basically the two best teams in the National League throughout the season, all right. season long. I know the Mets ended up tied with the Braves, but, you know, the Mets were the 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 Dodgers were the best team all year. The Mets were second best uh, all year. The Braves were third best. The Cardinals were fourth best. The The Phillies beat the Braves and the Cardinals. The Padres have beaten the Mets and the Dodgers. I'm not sure there's any advantage there. I, I do think, I, I don't know how much to think about home field. Uh, I think it's it's going to be crazy at both places. You know, the Phillies uh, have, have a fantastic fan base. When they're, when they're behind you, they are really, really behind you. Uh, I saw some of the, the games at Citizens Bank over the weekend. The crowds there looked every bit as as rowdy as they did here. Could could be uh, another case though. You can turn them against their team. Yes, yes. <laughs> like like in New York, you can turn them. You can turn them against the team. But they it will be loud there. Um, the two ballparks opened the same year. Uh, they are they are very different ballparks, as as, cool. as you know from watching from watching games. Uh, Philadelphia is way above average as a hitters park for runs scored and home runs. Petco this year was way below average for runs scored, but it was even for home runs. It, it was yeah. easier to hit home runs here than it was to to hit to get hits and score runs. Isn't that uh, fun? The next. Uh, yeah, the next two days here, I mean, it's supposed to be about 80 degrees today downtown, wow. uh, probably in the high 70s when the when the first pitch is thrown. Don't know how windy it'll be. Uh, usually doesn't get terribly windy down there and, and not sure what direction it will be either since we're supposed to have a little bit of a Santa Ana. So not sure how it'll swirl down there. Tomorrow will be warm. I mean, I, it, I don't want to call it hot. But for because we get this kind of weather in October all the time, probably be, you know, closer to 83 to 85 when that game starts. Um, Ball obviously carries more. So and we've seen the ball fly out of there during the day. We've seen the the, and the Phillies have a really good offense. So um, a better offense than the Padres do. So we'll see how that works. And and I know the weather this weekend, at least the last time I looked, is supposed to be nice in Philadelphia. I think during the in the sixties during the day, it probably in the fifties uh, for the first two games at night, and then the Sunday game will be would be a day game at two thirty Eastern time. So shadows could enter into it tomorrow afternoon as well, uh, as far as trying to hit the Padre bullpen late uh, late in the afternoon should be harder than usual. So a lot of, a lot of different factors uh, entering in. Where, where do you want to start with the actual on the field factors? Let's start with the pitching and what was, you know, great for both teams is they finished their division series in four games and we are getting the rotation as they would line it up mm-hmm. uh, for if they had their choice. And so tonight you Darvish, Zach Wheeler tomorrow night, Blake Snell uh, against Aaron Nola. Always got to make sure I get that right know, uh, because he his brother, uh, his brother, who is the <laughs> uh, basically the only reason the Padres uh, beat Aaron Nola this year uh, yeah. with his, <laughs> with his sixth inning single one zero game back in June uh, here at Petco. Uh, the Phillies, by the way, won four of the seven games between the teams. Um, all before the trade deadline, uh, half of them before the Phillies changed managers. 
If you um, think there's like an advantage, and I think the advantage might be the the strength of the uh, Padres bullpen, but also your number three starter, yeah, Bill Musgrove over what I assume would be Ranger Suarez, not Noah Syndergaard. Um, but you know you're going to have to have four pitchers. So then I think you're talking about probably Manaya Clevenger in some order versus. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard, who, yeah. you know, both Ranger Suarez and Noah Syndergaard in the division series went like three innings. I was going to say Suarez, Suarez was I think, terrible. was th- three and a third. He was wild. Uh, I think Syndergaard went four. He was much better. But again, just four. The Padres definitely have an advantage. There is a, a, a bigger drop-off between two and three on the Phillies rotation than there is, obviously, on the Padre rotation. And I, I do... One thing, though, is that the off day or the lack of an off day hurts the Padres a little bit in this situation, because if it does go seven, Musgrove would be pitching on three days rest. And, and there's no question he would start that um, that game. I mean, the, that's it would be like trying to get the ball from Darvish uh, the other night. He was going to start. So but it does limit it a little bit because he would not be on full wrestle maybe it takes away the advantage that the takes away the advantage just, because you know what the Phillies would probably be going something of a bullpen game that exactly, day. Just exactly. Extent, so with the Padres though you would right they would hope and to he, get more out of Musgrove right correct so that's one area the bullpen the the Padre bullpen during the season and in the postseason are you know different things now in the postseason they've been they've been unbelievable can that continue for four five six seven more games I at some, I mean, they finally gave up a run the other day. Uh, but even when they did, Tim Hill was able to limit. It um, was able to limit what happened. Hater's been incredible. Suarez has been incredible. The Phillies did hit Hater. They kind of started him on his little uh, slump earlier in the year with back-to-back home runs. I think it was in uh, in the summer. But Hater Hater recently has just looked like the Josh Hater we remember seeing. I mean, he 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 blew through. I think you mentioned this, uh, or I read this somewhere. He blew through Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman the other night like they were Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, and Will Myers. I mean, it, it was, was like it was they stunning. forgot they were the Dodgers because, look, yeah. Josh Hader was sick. And where he was primarily going fastball for a long time, he clearly has his slider mechanics, uh, you know, yep. confidence back. Um, he made them look terrible, like you said. Like they weren't uh, Mookie <laughs> Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. They were awful at bats and it's like you're the Dodgers if one of you gets on this could be a tie game this isn't like I mean (laughs) but that's what Josh Hader has done to people in the past that's why the Padres you know had been trying to get him for four years so right right Um, so no, I mean that, that obviously worked out. Uh, and I will say great. This, now yeah. one thing is though, Kevin, you cannot, you can't. They were able to make it work where they were able to pitch those guys pretty much any game they wanted to yes. up until now. That's now it could happen again because you teams you get a blowout here or a blowout there. But if all these games are close, you cannot pitch Robert Suarez and Josh Hader in every game. They, they right. can pitch the first. They can certainly pitch the first two games without any any issue. And probably even game three without an issue because you've got the off day in between. But at some point in this series, the other Padre pitchers, and they've done it so far, but some guy, guys are going to have to get big outs uh, with you know that aren't Suarez. And, and, and you know, Luis Garcia, former Philly, is, is another one of those guys. Um, that, I would that say Garcia, Pierce Johnson, Stephen Wilson. It's yeah. virtually guaranteed a, a, a big moment in the sixth seventh maybe even the eighth depending on where you're at in the series and um you know what has happened but yes a seven game the man if you really start to think about it the difference 
in pitching between a six and seven game series, both at starting and the bullpen is it's really big. I mean, I'm sorry, a, a best of five and a best of seven. Well, and without the off day and the and the second off day in the uh, in the seven, I also think they're. We're probably going to see at least one big moment with Tim Hill and Bryce Harper in one of those middle innings. I haven't looked at all the numbers to see what their matchup numbers are. I'll see those numbers later. But yeah, I, because I would think- we're in a real question here with Adrian Morahone. Might be a little yeah. banged up. Uh, people are saying, no, that's not the case. Well, you know, um, didn't pitch last series. Not that there was. It was the, be- like you said, there were the beauty of it was really didn't need him. Uh, but, you know, we'll see there. Uh, Manaya is if he's going to, and it certainly seemed that. People were pointing to there being a piggyback situation in game four. So he's not going to be coming in to face anybody. So you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, Tim Hill, who Tim Hill's a guy who could pitch five games. Uh, yeah. Oh, because, for, for, you know, for sure. Comes in to for get sure. the final out and he can leave. Uh, yeah. Has a rubber arm anyway. So can go 24 one day and 36 the next day, take a day off, come back and throw <laughs> 20. That's just what Tim Hill can do. And this is a different Tim Hill than the end of last year. If you remember, he pitched like 84 games in the first Padres first 85 games last year. <laughs> um, and it's a slight exaggeration, but it was it was he was the face of the overworked bullpen. He and Greg yeah. Stammett. Uh, and and that's not been not been the case at all this year. And he no. has been filthy. And what I will say is you are correct that overall, and certainly you've got uh Suarez and, and Hader uh getting so much work, but the bullpen, yes, it's been better in the postseason. But I'm telling you that from basically August 1st, and if you take out like the big innings that Hader gave up, Morahone yep. had a couple tough ones. The streaks that were put together by guys, Suarez, Garcia, Johnson. Hill of scoreless innings, and then maybe they'd give up a run or two or three, but then have another eight, nine, ten games scoreless yeah. innings. This bullpen has been locked since a, about the beginning of August. Many of them, and we didn't mention Nick Martinez, another guy that's a, that a, a guy. critical, a critical piece out there. Now on yes. the other side, the Phillies bullpen is not as has not been as good, but did has pitched well in the postseason. Um, and I would assume that they're going to get David Robertson back. Uh, that seems to be the indication. He heard himself celebrating after the uh, after the first series, but his, uh, everything I've read seems like he's going to be back. Um, and we'll 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 see what happens to them. Now the Phillies have a have a good lineup. Um, starts with Kyle Schwarber at the top, the NL home run leader, who has Terrible. done nothing nothing so far in the postseason. Is it one for twenty? Something like, and it's like one of those well. Is he is he going to continue to be bad or is he due? It's always that thing. It's like we've told ourselves with Josh Bell. Oh, he's he's not going to be this bad. He's going to be better. He's he's due. Well, it's kind of the same thing with Schwarber uh, right now, and he's really dangerous at the top of the order. Bryce Harper, everybody knows about. You know, Reese Hop- Reese Hoskins, uh, Castellano seems to be having a better run lately than maybe he did uh, earlier. Uh, one area where the Padres do have an advantage is defensively. Um, I think other than Real Real Muto gives them an edge at catcher, but I think the Padres have an edge at most of the other positions. Um, so that's a case where that's somewhere in the And we saw what defensive mistakes did to the Dodgers, um, you know, against the Padres. You know, a Trey Turner error here. Uh, and even little things, not even a base running error, you know, Max Muncy not getting to second base on the ball he hit over Soto's head. Those little mistakes uh, get magnified in the post in the postseason, and we'll see, you know, which team makes makes those little mistakes and which team can avoid them. 
for the most part, the Padres haven't. I mean, they have right. played. Right. There have been a couple really nice plays. I'm thinking Trent Grisham. Uh, but there has just uh, – Manny Machado. But there has just been crisp plays. What are the those medium plays, too? Like the, the 75% uh, to 85% chance. Those guys, they're yeah. making them. There's not the uh, – you saw a fair amount of time during the regular season. I say a fair amount of time where it happens three or four times uh, <laughs> where they were in a shift maybe and there was confusion uh, or someone was in awkward spot at second base, be it Hassan Kim or Jake Cronenworth. That hasn't happened. Uh, Will Myers has been really good. Uh, you know, Juan Soto, okay, fine. Maybe he kept Max Muncy at first. Uh, I mean, he certainly takes credit for that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, I think that their, their outfield, yes. Uh, uh, I think you're right that all the way around they they are defensively better. The Phillies' offense is that one where – they haven't been great. It's like Bryce Harper has so far been the MVP of the postseason. He right. like leads the MLB in virtually like every category. He's got three homers. He's like 10 for 23. Um, the rest of them, eh, you know, and hey, you want the Padres? We talked about their uh their the bottom of the order carrying them. I just want to make sure I get this right. You know, they do have three players with seven hits and three players with eight hits. That's all in the top 10 in the major leagues in the postseason. Like the postseason numbers are often down. Um, they're, they're guys coming up with big hits, and obviously they are for the Phillies too. I think they've scored six runs in four of their six games. Um, but the, the, the Padres have been th- more productive, like spread out. Yeah. Uh, but as you mentioned with Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, JT Real Muto, there's some danger in this lineup. Oh, without without question. And and uh but look, I mean Darvish has been Darvish has been great. Snell, who knows? Um, you know, he he pitched well against the Dodgers like he usually does. Uh, what was it, one run in five innings? It um, was one run in five and a third. Five and a third innings. So uh there is uh there's always that. In fact, I was a little surprised he came out for the sixth. Since you mentioned it in that, I was uh, too in that game. That was that was interesting to me. It seemed he was close to ninety pitches, I think, and it was uh, that was. It looked like oh, I'm going to try to get one more inning out of him because we might need the bullpen three days in a row, and and it didn't quite. Uh, it's exactly quite what out. it was, and I thought that yeah. was interesting, right? Like, there's this whole yeah. we're managing for today, but you're there. There is no black and white, folks. I know that's how we try to right. create the world, but there is no black and white. <laughs> There is no vacuum. Um, no. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I, I don't think. Oh, I, I think, you know, one thing with the Phillies, I mean, I and I think maybe both these teams, there's no, I think teams like the Dodgers really feel the pressure at this time of year, uh, especially as it's built up through the I years. Think of not a, going I don't to, think, yeah, I think you're right. The World Series. And I, yeah. I just don't know that the that the Padres and the Phillies here. I mean, yeah, they feel pressure because it's the NLCS and everything. Yes. But you know, they're not feel they haven't felt the weight of of it throughout the year. Now the Phillies had a struggle early on. Uh, Girardi was canned. Rob Thompson was promoted. Uh, they went, you know, then Harper got hurt, obviously by Blake Snell, and then they got hot. And then in September, you know, they weren't very good. They were they were five hundred. I think it was 14 and 15 or 15 and 14 or one of the, they were right around 500 in, in September. Um, and proving once again, it doesn't matter how necessarily how you're playing going into the playoffs. It's, it's about what you do when you get there. And the Phillies like the Padres have gotten hot at the right time. The Padres got hot a little earlier than that. They got hot after the, the meeting 
in Arizona that you uh, wrote about again today. So um, again. none of that matters at this point. Both teams have been off for a couple of days. And um, I think that's a good point, know. though. It's 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 um certainly there's pressure. It's not the weight. That's that was yeah. the way you put it was right. The weight that was on the Mets, the weight that was on the Dodgers. I'm assuming the weight that was on the defending champion Atlanta Braves who finished the season so incredibly strong. Um and certainly, like, both of these teams, it's weird. Sort of, like, not expected to be here. But, like, the Padres did. But then, yeah. like, they they just did. And then it was like, oh, if we don't start playing better, we're not getting there. Um, yeah. And the Phillies, <laughs> they were toast, man. People were yeah. ripping them. The desperation move with Girardi, uh, you know, which could have to do with him having been a member of the national media and being good with the national media. I don't know. Um, right. But uh, and, and, uh, but the reality, like you said, they did seem sort of left for dead. I think they're more the ones that can wear that uh, right now uh, because yeah. of the, the yeah. situation. Whereas the Padres really did feel like Bob Melvin managed like the players played like they talked like that they were always going to be in the playoffs. And then it would be what happened in the tournament. And guess what? Because they did turn it on the final two weeks, yep. um, you know, a little bit more than that, but the, here they are. This is, it's, it's weird. Don't you think Jay, like it's unexpected, certainly that they got past the Dodgers, but their yeah. success is kind of what we expected. Yeah. Although I think when we expected it, we also expected, we expected their shortstop slash center fielder to yeah. be back at some point during the season. I think the expectations, you know, preseason and it were always that, okay, whatever happens, hey, Tatis is going to be back. Even if it's after the All-Star break, we're going to get Tatis back and, and he's the best player in baseball or, you know, and yeah. kind of thing. And and how much of an improvement is that going to be? So I, I think the Padres still expected to be in the postseason. And I think even without Tatis getting to the postseason, I think most people would have said is a fair expectation. But to get and even getting to the championship series with him, I wouldn't have said was all that outrageous. But to get there by beating the Dodgers, by beating the Dodgers in four games, um, you know, it all it all comes back to that. It's a little bit I, I'm not sure that part of it is too expected. Now they may all think that, hey, we were gonna be there all along, but I, I think they to, to get to this point without Tatis playing a single game, I, I think means that this has been a pretty good season regardless of what happens here. Now, obviously, if they don't beat the Phillies, it's gonna be a big disappointment. And, you know, it's gonna and people are gonna be crushed and it's going to feel like, wow, an opportunity lost and all that sort of thing. Just remember, waiting even after this series is another series against, I think, against a team that won 106 games this year and has been, you know, a tremendous team for the last six years, whether they've done it all on the up and up recently or not. uh, That's the team I think they're going to see in or whoever wins the series is going to see. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the best thing is, Kevin, it's the middle of October and we're still talking baseball. We still have a game. To, we still have two games to go to the next couple of days. You know, you'll be on a plane tomorrow night going to Philadelphia. I mean, this is this is a fun time. And I and I and I really hope that people are enjoying it for for what it is, because this, as, as we all know, and you and I have been here a long time, this doesn't come around very often. The Padres have been a franchise for 50 something years. This is the third time they've been in this position i i think i think everybody should should sort of take a look around and realize how great it is that we i'm getting uh, the impression that, that they are for the most part yeah so, well uh, until your first email in the second inning today as somebody who receives a fair amount of uh, feedback both about myself and the team uh i'm a little jaded 
that I wonder what will happen if, say, they were to lose four games to one or four games to yeah. zero. And certainly you deserve to be disappointed, uh, but but to, you know, the baby in the bathwater thing, right? Like, uh, you know, there, there's there's going to be some nuance to this season as we break it down. Uh, as yeah. I've been saying all along, no matter how far they go, right? Like, uh, you know, there's some guys uh, who are, are leaving and uh, some questions right. and, and, right. and some guys that are here that you wish wouldn't uh, be. Uh, so yeah. uh, there's, but there is a long way to go. And I will tell you this as someone who's uh, exhausted, uh, but, but has, but is like, this is exciting. Like it's exciting to watch people be excited. Uh, yeah. It's exciting to watch good baseball. Uh, how long has it been? I mean, these people that have invested so much into this team who were there for all the bad years and are now getting to do this. I see some of them in the section in front of us in the press box. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I might go down and talk to some of them today uh, because I just, I, what are they thinking? I mean, that is, yeah. That no, is it's, it's, and those are the, those are the real ones. Those are the real ones. And I'm not saying that there aren't people on Twitter who are real ones. Of course there are. But those yeah. are the ones. The people that are sitting in front of us have been paying the Padres, what, 10 grand a year? Whatever it is, it's been a, they've been paying a lot of money and they've sat through a lot of bad baseball. And that's why that's why being there, you know, and 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 I really we joke about it, but I really did. I had decided to retire this year and I really did make it after baseball season because I thought the Padres might have a run in them. And if they did, there was no way I wanted to miss out on this. And being out there on Friday and Saturday night was everything that that I had hoped it would be in terms of the atmosphere and people really enjoying it. And of course it was better because the Padres won. But it's the same feeling today and going out there that, hey, this is this is fun. This is great. This is what this is why you're a sports fan is because when your your team or the team in your city gets on a run, you know, you should soak it up and enjoy it and and uh, and and don't don't get frustrated if something happens and we're not setting it up for hey the Padres are going to lose because I look the Padres are favored to win the series that's another ch- change from the, the last oh. couple series the Padres are favored this time to win the series but just enjoy it whatever happens happens and I, I would just you know I can't wait to get out there and and see what happens o- over the next week enjoy it don't be like me who does have a job to do and was thinking today uh, this morning as I was getting ready all right so this goes to the world series okay yeah uh-huh, november 5th gm meetings start november 8th uh aj preller will be starting to rebuild a new team <laughs> by then uh it'll be over soon enough so uh the, yeah jay well put and by the way since we may have some new uh listeners here i say this every once in a while but uh jay is not just talking jay is a half season ticket holder and has been forever so his money is where his mouth is uh in, in terms of this because he likes to go out and watch baseball uh regardless of of who's playing but uh i think that's significant i do i go to games for free um i invest you know i look like i'm 87 years old and i'm 51 so i i you know i give years of my life to this job but uh, i don't give any money so anyway it's been fun and it will be fun and it will be fun and we will uh, talk again on friday morning when you're in philly and uh we'll talk about what happened the next couple days at petco and what's ahead for the weekend thanks everybody uh,